District of Conservation is sponsored by CFACT. To learn more about our sponsor, head over to CFACT.org. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Welcome to District of Conservation. I'm your host, Gabriella Hoffman. This podcast offers a sober examination into all things hunting, fishing, shooting sports, energy, environment, and the public policy surrounding it. And this podcast also specializes in original interviews that you won't hear elsewhere. Here's what I have for you today. As I am traveling this week, I have another pre-recorded interview for your listening viewership. If you guys are interested in what is happening across the country, namely in Oregon, we are revisited by Avine Klein, who used to work with the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation and is now with the NRA. She is coming on to this episode to discuss a crazy ballot initiative that residents of Oregon will vote on this November and how it'll implicate Second Amendment rights. And we dip into other legislation concerning hunters and shooting sports enthusiasts. I think you'll find Avin to be very well-informed, well-spoken. She's very eloquent on these issues, and I hope you take away a lot from her discussion with me. So here is my conversation with Avin Klein. Thank you so much for listening. We're grateful to have Avin Klein return to the podcast. She has a new affiliation since the last time we spoke, and we're going to be covering some pending legislation or rather ballot initiatives, and she's here to talk about a few. So Avin, since the last time you came on the podcast, where have you gone to? And good to have you back. Thank you, Gabby. It's great to be back. Uh, since I talked to you last, I am now with the NRA. Um, I'm the state director for the NRA. I represent the Northwest region. Um, that would be Idaho, Oregon, Washington, and Alaska. Wonderful. And you were talking with me before we went on the air about some very concerning ballot initiatives that are being mulled this fall. Could you explain to my listeners what they should be concerned about and where this is happening to? Absolutely. So the biggest concern is ballot measure 114 in Oregon. Uh, So ballot measure 114, it was formerly initiative petition 17. It was brought forth by a group called Lift Every Voice Oregon. Uh, It is one of the biggest pieces of gun control legislation we have seen pushed in Oregon and across the country. Um, That ballot measure has officially qualified, so voters will see this on the ballot in Oregon in November. They have the opportunity to vote on this, and it is so important for any Second Amendment advocate um, or constitutionalist to, to vote no on ballot measure 114 in November. And could you explain more about this Oregon piece for my listeners? Why is it concerning? And do you think it could spread to other states if it successfully passes? Absolutely. Um, So ballot measure 114 has two pieces. The first, which I'll explain, it will be more familiar to your listeners. It would ban any ammunition magazines with the capacity to accept more than 10 rounds. The second piece and the biggest piece of ballot measure 114 would implement a permit to purchase for firearms. That's to purchase or transfer any firearm, you need to obtain a permit through an application process with law enforcement. And then law enforcement will then have to create a state-based government-run registry of all firearm owners' personal information. And what's the second component you wanted to address too? 
Yeah, that's the permit to purchase piece. Um, so anytime, if any, if this should pass, anytime a firearm is transferred or purchased, you have to you have to have a permit. That permit is only valid for five years, and it comes at a cost. And the permit is concerning. I guess we can dive into what this permit to purchase piece does. And so in order to purchase or transfer a firearm, should this pass, an individual will have to get this permit. In order to apply for the permit, they have to supply law enforcement with their name, their address, their phone number, fingerprints, and pictures, all supplied to law enforcement who will create a government registry and electronic database of all of this information that will then be reported on annually. And in addition to that, law enforcement can, under this ballot measure, require any other additional information that they see fit in order to issue a permit. And so there you can see the potential for the abuse of discretion by law enforcement asking for anything, whether that be social media accounts or anything that they may deem necessary under their department rules. Um, that's important to say department rules because law enforcement will be the ones deciding what information they have, and there will be no ability for the public to comment or provide their input onto what they think should be collected by law enforcement. Again, government registries are a major concern for gun owners because we know that registries lead to confiscation. And in addition to that, everyone should be concerned about the abuse of discretion and the potential for the, for the release of their personal information. We just saw this occur in California where their government database of concealed license holders was released to the public. And it took a while for that to come down and all of that personal information was then all of a sudden available to anybody where you know who has a gun, where they live, their phone number and what guns in their house. That is very concerning. Almost sounds much like a universal background check system that we keep hearing about that won't be invasive, but will be invasive. Has there been any polling done on this ballot initiative at all? Like what is the support for it or opposition to it? Do you guys have any idea on that or is it really not conclusive yet? Yeah, so as far as polling data, what I'll say is this was, this ballot measure um, kind of had a final push that actually qualified it for the for the ballot. Um, the concern there is it happened so fast. And so we don't really know. But the groups that I've talked to are in-state firearms groups, our sportsmen's groups are all adamantly opposed to this. And I'll expand on addition, additional reasons why, outside of just the concern for the government registry, in order to get a permit to purchase under this, should it pass, you have to do a classroom and a live fire training component um, in order to get the permit. And in order to get the permit, you have to have a firearm. You have to demonstrate to a law enforcement certified officer that you can um, store, handle, and fire this, this gun in front of the law enforcement officer. That's a concern for a number of reasons, but um, I, mean, I want to say that this classroom live fire training creates all sorts of issues when you look at the practicality and how this will actually be implemented. Number one is that you have to pay a fee to apply for this. 
It's $65 max and $50 to renew. But it says nothing about how much law enforcement can charge for the classroom and the live fire training of this. As you know, and your listeners will probably know, is there were significant efforts to defund the police in Oregon. The law enforcement agencies in Oregon across the state are already strapped. They're at limited resources and they don't have the ability, they don't have the resources to be able to implement these programs. And so that's gonna create already a backlog of issues for folks who are wanting to get a permit. In addition to those concerns is you actually have to have a firearm in order to demonstrate that you can handle and fire a firearm. Um, under Senate Bill 554, which was passed a couple of years ago in Oregon, you are very, very restricted in who you may transfer, even temporary, temporarily transfer a firearm to. And so this is gonna create an issue for first time firearm owners. Is You can't get a permit without demonstrating that you have a firearm and you know how to handle it. It's also gonna, you know, the issue is, if you don't have a gun, how do you prove that? And under Senate Bill 554, you are very, very limited. Good luck finding somebody who's willing to transfer you a firearm so that you can display this. And so this is impacting future firearm owners. And we've seen the trending data show that women and minorities are the ones who are the first time um, buyers in record numbers. So this is all sorts of concerns for, for the voters of Oregon. It sounds like it. I mean, I can't imagine something like that flying in most of the South, oh, but it is Oregon um, and that's crazy. So we'll link to that in the show notes. Is there any other initiative or let's say ballot proposal that is going to be on the ballot in other states aside from Oregon or is that the most concerning right now? Right now, this is the most concerning. Um, you know, the the barrier to entry to get a ballot measure, to get an initiative onto the ballot is very, very low in Oregon. And this is why I believe that the proponents have chose this, is you only need to gather 112,020 signatures to qualify for the ballot measure. And so the proponents of this chose Oregon, right? That's a very, very low amount of, of people to sign. They were able to qualify it. And so this is the number one concern. And as I mentioned, there's actually two pieces to this. And I've given just scratch the surface on the permit to purchase issues. But this also implements a, a magazine ban for anything over 10 rounds. And the concern for that is, of course, it's unconstitutional as the NRA has, has, uh, has brought this all the way to the Supreme Court, which recently remanded those two cases in California and New Jersey back to the states to be decided. Um, but it also creates concerns when we look at the technical language of this ballot measure and saying that shotguns over 21 inches, barrels over 21 inches will also be banned under this. And that's because the language says, has the capacity to accept more than 10 rounds. Shotguns with barrels over 21 inches have the capacity to accept more than 10 rounds of mini shells or what's commonly used for as home defense. And so there's all sorts of concerns within this bill about whether shotguns are going to be grandfathered in or not. And then to the grandfathered in portion, the proponents of this are claiming that if you have a magazine over 10 rounds, it will be grandfathered in. However, if you look at the language, those who currently possess magazines with more than 10 rounds will only be able to use them on private property 
while at a shooting range or while engaged in hunting. You have to store those, uh, your magazine and your firearms separate and unloaded during transport. Uh, you have to completely disassemble your shotgun. Um, and again, we believe looking at the details of this, those shotguns are going to be banned in the future. And it's going to be up to a court to decide this. And so if you end up in a jurisdiction that is not friendly to firearm owners and is not friendly to the Second Amendment, you may as well, you may be in serious legal trouble uh, under Class A misdemeanor and for a second offense, a felony. So if you have two shotguns that you're transporting, all sorts of concerns. And then I'll also mention just briefly, you know, the grandfathered in as we were working on the explanatory statement, which is the summary that will appear in the voter pamphlet. We were talking about whether current possessors of magazines, 10 round magazines will be grandfathered in. Well, we got pushback on that term because it was quote unquote gendered language. But the bigger concern outside of the semantics of that language is the proponents claim there's an affirmative defense that if you possess a magazine with over 10 rounds before the enactment date of this, should it pass, that you have an affirmative defense to say, I already possess this. However, the code that's referenced within ballot measure 114 does not exist in Oregon code. When legislative council, the group who's responsible for drafting this um, and, and interpreting it for the legislature said that this was such a major issue, a substantive issue that the legislature would have to fix this and say, we're gonna fix the Oregon code so that there is an affirmative defense. Um, you know, I know, and you may be familiar and the voter and your listeners may know that this is the same legislature that has enacted the most sweeping gun control measures in Oregon history. And we're gonna ask them to be the ones to correct it and say, you know, now we're gonna support an affirmative defense under this legislation. I don't know if I trust it. A fascinating look into that. Um, is there anything else that you want my listeners to be aware of that you guys are working on? I mean, there's so much going on with gun legislation mostly bad, some good, uh, but anything else you want to throw out there for the listeners? Yeah, the most important piece is to be following along. The NRA is working on launching our campaign against ballot measure 114. So to stay up to date for now, um, your listeners can go to nraila.org and they can find alerts on Oregon. Um, it'll be mostly about ballot measure 114 now. Um, those voters in Oregon can also uh, be aware that there was an there was an attempt to put an assault quote unquote assault weapons ban onto the ballot, pushed by the same group who is putting forth ballot measure one fourteen. Um, they had they stopped the effort to get that onto the ballot, and I've swore that they will be going to the legislature and trying to push the assault weapons ban through the legislature in the 2023 session. So Oregonians and 2A advocates should be on the lookout for that. Um, lastly, you know, the one piece is there was an initiative IP 13, which would have criminalized all hunting and fishing, banning hunting that. and fishing in the state of Oregon. Um, the petitioners withdrew that, uh, but they have refiled it 
uh, for a future year. The it will be on, or they're going to attempt to put it onto the ballot for 2024. So Oregonians should be on the lookout for that. But in the short term, the most important thing for your listeners and everyone in Oregon is to get out to vote. Vote no on ballot measure 114 and stay up to date on information at nraila.org. And if there's any questions, um, feel free to give me a call or shoot me an email. Well-informed as always, and, and you always have the details. So I appreciate you explaining that because that is very concerning. And we want to be on top of everything, not just things that come from DC, but different state houses and from elections. So Avine, it's always good to have you on. Thank you again for sharing more about this timely issue and how it'll affect Oregon. I know Oregon uh, would, um, you know, obviously be, I think actually Oregon is going to be interesting. So I wonder if let's say Oregon's governor race, if there's enthusiasm to get kind of a change agent, maybe the Republican, the pro second amendment candidate to let's say, get her across the line. Maybe there'll be that carryover effect perhaps to vote against the initiative or ballot initiative or initiative petition as well. So you never know, maybe it'll be wholly rejected. We shall see. So Always appreciate your insight and quickly drop the links for everyone to connect with you and the efforts that you guys are doing. Absolutely. And again, thanks for having me on. Stay up to date. Vote no on ballot measure 114. And folks, go to nraila.org to stay up to date on information. And once our website is launched, uh, Gabby, I'll go ahead and give you that link and hopefully you can share once it's live. Fantastic. Good to have you on again, Avin. I hope I get to see you sometime in Idaho later this month. Uh, we'll find a way to connect at some point. My schedule is starting to get busy, but always appreciate your insights and keep up the good work. We appreciate having you on as a returning guest. Thank you and uh, hope to see you in Idaho. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you haven't already, make sure you find us on your preferred podcast player. We largely circulate on Apple, Spotify, and countless others, but those are our two big podcast platforms you want to push. Make sure you're subscribed there, especially on Apple. If you like the podcast a lot, go leave us some reviews. We'd be more than grateful to get some five-star reviews from you guys. Moreover, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and a little bit on YouTube. We don't populate there, but connect with us on social media. Find me personally on social media with blue check marks. Super easy to find, and I would love to hear your feedback and know who you'd like to see on the podcast. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. Stay tuned for the next episode.